I need to know about Chernobyl and Kosovo. Wilton Burgers give me CJD. Old news boys aren't jaded. There's no subject sacred. IFS for David. Old news podcast. Look back for me. What's this I hear you ask? An unscheduled old news podcast? Well, almost. This is the joint episode we did with the guys from The Last Tuesday Project. The next voice you hear is going to be Alex from The Last Tuesday Project doing his little introductory bit. So sit back, enjoy. Hopefully it's as much fun to listen to as it was to record. Kiri did it as well, by the way. Oh, did he? What did Kiri send it to? I've got the email here. Hold on. Let's get the account. The ultimate test of Alex's email catching ability at lastusdayproject.com. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually one address that we'll automatically delete if you send it to. Nice. Ooh! All these podcasts at... Hello and welcome to this month's episode of The Last Tuesday Project. It's Tuesday the 28th of November 2017 and this is episode 17. But it's an episode with a difference because we've joined up with our friends over at the Old News Podcast. So hello to everyone who's listening to us now on the Old News Podcast's feed. And thank you to Russell and David for joining us on this extra special episode because they became our Dibblebees this month. They asked us the questions, two fantastic questions. We vetoed the first one, as is our want, and ended up going with the second one. It was slightly out of our comfort zone, I'm not going to lie. But listening back, we recorded this about two months ago, actually, quite a while back. Listening back... Actually, I think we tackled it okay, but we'd really like to hear how you think we dealt with it, whether we did actually do the question justice, and we'd like to hear your opinion on the question as well. Please do email us, addresses podcast at lasttuesdayproject.com. On this episode, we have myself, Alex, Sean and Hayley, and the old news boys, David and Russell, so I'm not going to hang around any longer. On with the show. So, what's the uh, the plan? How do we want to proceed? Fuck knows. <laughs> uh, well, I thought you had. Uh, I thought you had a plan. Hey, yeah, yeah. We, we were relying yeah, on used you. To, hang on, used, used to our dimble being. Yeah, you. Yeah, we, yeah, exactly. You volunteered to be dimbles. You are so, first guest dimblebees. I believe. Yeah, and if yes. you're going to dimble, then you've got to take the reins. Right. <laughs> So we've got got two questions, uh, as is normal. And Mm -hmm. so we've 
started with a, an old newsy type theme and then drawn a, quest, a question out from that. So, Great. should we go for the first question? Yeah, should, yeah. We, should, okay. we, should, okay. should we just say who we are and stuff first? No, yeah, yeah, we'll do well, that. You know, we could. Should we do a little hello thing? When I say we, shall I do it? Go on, you start. <laughs> My name's Haley and I'm a podcaster. <laughs> Me, hello. Hello, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Hello, that's all. Me. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I really don't understand a thing that's being said at the moment. It's very confusing. <laughs> no, it's weird. Speaking normal. <laughs> so we, so we just, so we have a little side sheet of just yeah, I think speaking it might be wise, English, yeah. actual proper English. English. Um. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Old. Old last Tuesday news podcast. News. I was going to ask what know. we were going to call it. We haven't this. really thought this through. We haven't really thought this through. Um, <laughs> it should be Old Tuesday old or Last, last Tuesday's news. news. Last Tuesday's last news. Last Tuesday's news. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Tuesday's yeah. News. Yeah. Winner. <laughs> Hi everyone, and welcome to Last Tuesday's News. Um, <laughs> so, very special edition of both the Last Tuesday Project podcast and the Old News podcast so we've got david and russell here from the fantastic old news podcast hello and they are going to be guest in bubbies for us numpties from the last tuesday project so i'm <laughs> Haley. we've got alex hello and sean as well and sean's beard and from the old news podcast we've got david and russell which is me. There you go. I think. Yeah. Are you sure? And you are now Dimbleby 1 and Dimbleby 2. We should have those t-shirts, shouldn't we? <laughs> oh, with a circle. David can be David Dimbleby. Yeah, we So can. that's something. <laughs> oh, that means I'm the significantly less successful Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so should we go for a question? Let's yeah. go for a question. Yeah. yeah. Go on, you. You read the first one out. So, okay. So, so, question number one. Question number one. On the 14th of April 2003, it was announced that the Human Genome Project was largely complete. At the time, there was a lot of talk that this would be a revolution in medical research and biosciences. What direct benefits have we seen from the Human Genome Project 14 years later? Haley um, looks happy. Haley is very pleased. Not that I know a huge amount about it, but I can kind of do a little bit about medicines. <laughs> they know how to research about meds. And I've just got Medline access, which is quite handy. Yeah. Because all of our listeners will all have access to Medline, so they can do all this themselves. <laughs> we expect everyone in the world to. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Ooh. So. Yeah, I do remember it being like, oh my god, this is going to revolutionise medicine. This is going to be like biggest most amazing thing that's ever going to happen and everyone's going to be on genetically tailored meds but they're not for the large well, part they're starting to talk about gene therapy now aren't they more than I think the first one I think the first gene therapy is either just being licensed or is just being licensed yeah yeah Ooh, I'd be happy with it but is there a lot of ha- silence yeah is anybody harbouring doubts it's tricky <sighs> Hmm. Could turn the page on to question number two. Uh, but then if we do that... I guess. The main doubt, I suppose, is 
that it's probably quite a familiar area and I'm wondering if we do a lot of medicine don't yeah, we yeah I'm wondering if we could it's like because it could be something totally random Ooh, I don't this know, is where Alex. Alex doesn't go. Nope, the second one's a medicine question as well. That's no. all they know. No, it's not. It's very different. Yeah. Very... Ooh, that makes it more exciting. This is it. This is oh, the thing. Oh, I scary. Can't... I want to know what the second question is. I kind of want to know what the second question is as yeah, well. Yeah, me too. But, but if we do find out, then we 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 have to abandon this. Mm. Abandon the human genome project. That's it. It's done. We're done now. We don't want to have any more genomes. There is a lot to talk about in that as well. But I'm also. Ooh. I'm tempted to to go for the second question just to see what it is. Are we going to screw ourselves over by doing that? I can see David with a cheeky smile on his face. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what it is? That looks more psychotic. We discussed at length which order we were going to put these two questions in, sort of thinking of how you would react to them. Yeah, and it's quite interesting that I think we were right. It's lovely to see how much preparation you slap put in compared to us, where we kind of turn up and go. Compared to us, it's like five minutes before recording, (laughs) I put not two questions up somehow. Right. um, uh, Should we do a vote? Okay, well, as Dimblebees, we can call the votes. Okay. Call the vote. I wonder who's going to get the deciding. The deciding. Alex always gets the deciding. <laughs> yeah, it's usually me, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, Haley, how do you vote? It's a really tough one, but I think I vote go for the second question. Okay. And Sean? Um, I am 100% going veto. So Alex gets Alex an gets undeciding, undeciding vote. vote. <laughs> As okay. usual, there is no point in me being here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I think. Go on, Alex. Well, what was your take? To be honest, I was I was thinking we do 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 a fair amount of medicine stuff, and although it will be an interesting project conversation. I don't know. You could always ask it as a second question another time, and then we won't have a that choice. <laughs> On the other hand, we've got an excellent subject for the next edition of Old News. Yeah, yeah I'd oh, love so to hear that, go, actually. Go, That'd go, be amazing. And if you Stay want, tuned. If you want any pharmacist input on it. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, so we'll go on for question number two, then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <gasps> question number two. At two minutes past two in the morning of the 12th of June, 2016... Omar Mateen entered the Pulse Nightclub, an LGBT club in Orlando, Florida. He opened fire, killing 49 and injuring 58 people. Many reports in the aftermath mentioned the shooter's sexuality as a motive. Is there any evidence for the commonly held belief that homophobic hate crimes are often done by people in the closet? Ooh. That's, that's going to be a laugh riot like. that's interesting yeah well yes well we thought <laughs> it would be a serious subject but we don't have to concentrate entirely so. on the incident itself we can talk no. more broadly about LGBT issues but we thought it was an interesting yeah. one to talk around yeah so again, again just, just, just make sure that's straight white people talking about LGBT issues, right? Straight white, cisgendered people. Yeah, good. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad we're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose at some point on one of these podcasts, I should out myself, shouldn't I? Well, I just did. Well, you just have now. I'm I'm the token gay man in the room. So if you okay. want to know what do the gays think, I'm clearly 
the spokesperson for all of them. Well, we always have it then, because now we've got we've got gays and we've also got women as well. So I mean, I mean yeah. pretty much think? covered. We've got a hipster, so that's good Hipsters. as well. And, uh, it's that nearly Latino. I don't I don't think that counts as a, a separate minority. Oh really? Have <laughs> <laughs> you been to Norwich? <laughs> Are we instinctively a bit nervous about this question? Mm, not yes and no. I think I think there's also a bit of evidence that you know in America where you get all the sort of the right wing anti-gay um, politicians, you often find a lot of them um, caught with their trousers down, so to speak in compromising situations that they probably shouldn't be um, mm. in relation to, to what they've been saying beforehand. So that that's a, a path to go down as well, I think. Yeah, it's an interesting inverse, isn't it, of the hypothesis mm. we're asking about. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, it'll be interesting. Yeah, definitely. I'd let's just like to point out to our listeners, in case we do say something really, really stupid, um, we did not choose this question. <laughs> <laughs> we are forced this into given it. to us. We were forced to answer this question and say stupid things. Yeah, yeah, actually, you just had a thought to say you did choose it. I mean, I think it's probably worth saying a last podcast on the left style disclaimer that... Um, we know nothing. We are in no Absolutely way nothing. at any point. Yeah, we don't know anything. But we are in no way really going to laugh about or take the piss out of or anything any victims of shootings Jesus but Christ, no. the dickheads who do it oh they can do it fair game so we'll be mean and horrible to them probably yes good right <laughs> okay, okay. Sure. Um, well we've got an hour. We have an hour um in this hour, guys, you have to find, you have to make up a witty introduction. Yes, indeed. For That's just something that uh, you must remember to do. And don't, whatever you do, don't do it at the last minute. Don't forget about it and then try and do it off the hoof. And do not be put off by us trying to make you laugh while you're saying it, whatever you do, because that is... Yeah, absolutely. And don't take really? like three or four takes of it, changing Ooh. it each time. And then just go, oh, oh just, fuck, halfway through, because you've put yourself up. <laughs> just constantly, oh, fuck's sake. fuck's sake. <laughs> it's fine. The more you screw it up, the better it is for the end of the episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'll take fodder. Okay. Well. Great. Well. It's going to be a cheery Great. hour. Yay. Yay. Okay. We good. We're going to do this. Yes. Let's do this. Ten past eight. Ten past eight. Ten past eight. Yeah. Sounds yeah. right. Fantastic. All right cool. then. Okay. See you later. Bye. 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 Hello. Welcome back to Last Tuesday's News, which I know is a very confusing title, but never mind. <laughs> uh, fr- from the Last Tuesday Project, we have Sean the Unshorn, oh, Kaylee the Foulmouthed, Hello. David the Unfezzed, which is a very in-joke, which you'll only get if you've ever listened to any of our podcasts, and Russell the Outed, and, and Alex the Shandy. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> just, just, you know, shandy drinking southerner, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. At least I can speak properly, northern boy. Ew. Foul mouth, my ass. <laughs> chin chin, toodle pip. <laughs> pinky out, Alex, pinky out. Oh, pinky you out. almost uh, 
the, the bog dweller being from Norfolk and all. <laughs> but, uh... I'll have you know, I must correct you, I'm not from Norfolk. I only live in Norfolk. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually from Essex. Oh, well, that's better. See, it's, it's not, I'm not saying that like, one's better than the other. It's just, you know. You could tell from the white stuff. You could tell by the white stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like XR3i in the drive. Less inbred, more violent. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of the, the two stereotypes, isn't it? So, you want a proper oh Norfolk stereotype. The thing, the thing about um, Essex people, unlike Norfolk people, is that we sleep with everybody but our family. Ah, <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, dear. Right. Might cut that out. <clears throat> um, yeah, sure, we'll move on to the subject. So, the subject, how, how did the research go? I, I, I sense people were a little bit nervous about this topic. Do we still feel the same way? Um, I the silence speaks a thousand words. It was very difficult. difficult. Yeah, really tricky to research. In that, no one's really looked into it by the looks of it. (laughs) In a a great deal of of detail. So, I imagine we've all come across the same handful of studies. The one about penis diameter. Did anybody see that one? That is not. That is not a Google search. I. That did not come out. Nice straight into penis diameter. That's that's going straight there. Hang on a minute. Penis diameter and mass shooting. Like a plaster. This is going to be a fun ride, listeners. This is a great. Is this a self research study or is this a. (laughs) (laughs) Well, end of one here. Russell lined up 50 men. (laughs) (laughs) So there's the study from the National Institution of Health in the States where they got a bunch of men, measured their homophobic or non-homophobic sort of attitudes, Mm. and then they showed them erotic videos of heterosexual activity, lesbian activity, and gay male activity. Yes, I think I've heard of this study, yes. Right. Mm. And they measured their penis response. They had a little thing around their penis and see how how much it expanded. Measured their tumescence. Yeah. (laughs) Tumescence, did you just say that? So they found that non-homophobic men didn't react to gay porn, essentially. And they found that homophobic men did have a measurable increase in their penis diameter while viewing gay porn. Interesting. I'd love to know what the people who bought that for the study thought of as it came across the accountant's desk. Oh yeah, he's a purchase order for some erotic videos from for the research we're doing. I wonder what like the consent forms and stuff. I'm assuming like. this was pre-internet sort of age. It's, it's for research. It's for research. Research. <laughs> oh, interesting. So I did find some actual um, papers, and I know Sean did as well because we were just having a little chat about it before. But it was um, finding a starting point was really, really difficult. So, but one thing really, really riled me up. Right, first of all, can we just agree that this guy—I can't even remember his name now—and I'm not—I don't want to keep saying his name because I'm very much feel. Martin. Well, he was a Belen from the start, wasn't he? Belen dickhead, basically. Yeah. But one thing which I know many people will have talked about and stuff before, but looked at various different articles about the Orlando shooting and pretty much without fail, every single one has one or several pictures of him right at the top of the page Mm. and not the victims. And he's in the headlines. And I I only, I mean, I didn't go like to every single article ever, but only one article that I looked at had 
the picture of the actual victims. Yeah. So fuck that reporting. Like, do you know who are very good on this? Is the PM program on Radio Four? They mm-hmm. one by one read all of the victims' names out and said a little bit about who they were. Yeah, who they who they were. The shooting that's just happened as well. Again, I had a very. I ended up on some news pages about the dickhead who perpetrated that too. And again, it's all about him. It's not yeah. about the people who are the victims. And I know, like, I say that as someone who's like, oh, what's your favourite serial killer and stuff? But I've been really thinking about this lately. And um, it's just really grating on me. Like, when Reva Camp was killed, it was all about him. And everyone forgot about her and she was just his girlfriend. I don't even want to say his name because... Mm. Do you know, like, that sort of media depiction and the fascination with... The perpetrators, as opposed to the people who just are going about their normal everyday life, just drives me crazy. People are fascinated, though, aren't they? People want to know the... It, it's that sort of car crash type staring and, and trying to understand this exceptionally strange thing that's gone on that is mm. abhorrent, but at the same time, kind of... Uh, morbidly interesting, fascinating, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I say that as someone who adores true crime. And they can probably get information on the perpetrator of the crime a lot easier, one perpetrator, yeah. than they can on 50 people that have died. It's like you have... I think it's particularly a case with mass shootings as well, and I don't even know what I'm basing that on. But as opposed to like a serial killer or something, because it's all in one go, you feel like I feel like the victims have like one news story about them. It's like, just a homogenous mm, lump of these people have all died, isn't it terrible? Yeah. And let's like candles and do all the things. But then the perpetrator has like this prolonged yeah. But if we don't refer to the uh the perpetrator by name and discuss their motives do we dehumanize them does it then make it there easier is... just to go oh they are evil and then we can just move on without stopping and analyzing that person and their motives very possibly I, I too think say, saying they are evil is is a simple way of whitewashing it almost isn't it if if you can find that that if you look at their motives behind it and this guy was had, it, t- it turns out had a history of anti, well, anti everything. Everything. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was quite anti everything. He uh, allegedly cheered at the September 11th uh, attacks and, and lots of other things that you can find. I find it like pictures wise and stuff. There's pictures of him, which are obviously off his Facebook or whatever, and there's pictures of him with like his wife and his kid and like wearing different. Sh- and he has like. I don't know, he just has so much more airtime than the people who've been killed. And it's also senseless. I don't know, I don't know. But you are also totally right. And the demonization of people who do things like this because we're too scared to accept that that is part of being human and humans just like us can go out and do these horrendous things is also a really important point to make as well. Run over. Well, should we talk about his motives? Yeah. Uh, just the case in point, and then we can broaden it out a bit later yeah. on. Mm. So, what did we think about what his motives actually were? Do we think they held any water? The... <laughs> Which bit? <laughs> Sorry. That was that's highly scientific answer that to is. the question. Bullshit, man. Yeah. So, um, one of the things that I did as research 
is um, I've been listening to a podcast called Real Crime Profiles. And basically it's two profilers, one ex-FBI, one ex-Scotland Yard and um, a casting agent. And they sort of talk through crimes and they very much do, they talk about um, the victim as opposed to the perpetrator, Um, which I think is why I've been thinking about that so much. And they have an episode on the Orlando shooting that I've been meaning to listen to. And I was like, oh, it's 45 minutes. I'll stick that on. And they said, there was a quote which I thought was really, really interesting about motives. This is by Jim Clemente, who's the ex-FBI profiler. And he said, because he, I think this guy um, had posted on Facebook and during 911 calls had said that it was to do with ISIL and it was because of some bombings in Syria or wherever. Um, and they said that they thought it was a hate crime rationalised by religious guidelines. So basically it was an anti-gay crime and he's sort of retroactively fitting in going well you know is a yeah. thing at the minute and they don't like gay people so I'll use that as my excuse yeah if there was the, the CIA said afterwards that there was no evidence of communication between ISIL, ISIS and, and this guy so it's again I think even there was a, an incident earlier this week where someone lost control of their car outside the science museum yep. and yeah. um, sort of hit, hit a few people, I think. And yep. ISIS were keen to try and jump on the bandwagon. Oh, yes, that was an yep. attack. Well, actually, it, it was just a, a road traffic incident. Yep. Um, so I think you have to be really careful about if you're a terrorist, you will clearly want to try and claim as much as possible, even when actually the, the facts don't back you up. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they did the same with the uh, the shooting in Las Vegas as well. Yeah, they did. Within, yeah. They did. within yeah. hours, they had claimed right. responsibility. It was it was almost comical the way they did it. Actually, it was like something out of a, um, a Douglas Adams novel. The way you know this, everyone claimed responsibility for it. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a um, there's a brilliant bit on Reddit. Not brilliant, obviously, it's horrific. Um, but about. Um, the the Donald's um, subreddit. Um, there's like pictures of a screen cap of before they realised who the uh, perpetrator of that mass shooting was. All saying it was a Muslim attack. Um, all saying it was X, Y, and Z, and this. And then afterwards, then they realised it was a white man saying, "Oh, th- this is a false flag. Something must be wrong. This reporting's incorrect." And mm-hmm. it's just that. And, and putting those two things side by side mm-hmm. just goes to show you how fucked up everything is at the moment it's yeah. so bizarre yeah so do we think this was even if he wasn't directly connected to you know is isil daesh whatever we call them um oh, we're gonna get ourselves banned in the islamic state <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> what's all these downloads from syria drop massively because we have a huge listenership in uh, in Is iraq that, in the do, levant i'm gonna say do, do libsyn actually register um isil as a particular like country on their list <laughs> Pod we definitely do yeah <laughs> one time oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah but you know even if even if it's not connected with those things, is, st- is this still an act of terrorism, do we think? And terrorism against LGBT people in particular? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think if you, if you, if you define terrorism as to perpetrate terror, then yes. yeah, absolutely. Whether it's related to um, 
certain types or certain interpretations of religion or not is hard to say. But he he definitely um, he was over in Saudi doing various bits and bobs at some time, wasn't he? So various bits mm. and bobs, various, various bits and bobs, you know, as you, as you do in Saudi. Well, like going to B and Q and pottering around in the garden, playing Pharaoh and ball, not not letting his wife drive. Yeah, <laughs> wait a minute, <laughs> uh, the Islamic Chickle Brothers. Um... <laughs> Now I've just got a picture of a bomb with, with like a, you know, the the uh, string coming out sparkling for me. <laughs> to you, to me. It's just bomb written on it. <laughs> Alex, you might want to edit some of that bit out. <laughs> you know what? I might want to, but I might not. <laughs> <laughs> Because I suppose we'll move on to this now since we're talking about it. Because when we were chatting about the question, we were sort of talking a bit about the way the news coverage went and how uh, some people were very clear in saying this is an attack on the LGBT community, it's an LGBT uh, hate crime. Uh, and obviously, that's the way the gay, gay press went in particular. But there was other parts of the media that sort of said this is an attack on the West, on Western values, on humanity. But then people countered against that, saying, well, no, you're just trying to erase LGBT people out of the story. Could it, could it not be both? Yeah. Hmm. It feels like a shame that people sort of get themselves tied up in knots about whether or not, like, people are killed at the end of the day, and it's like... It doesn't really matter who they are. It's just a really shitty thing that's happened. And fuck that guy. Like, I don't know. Does that make sense? Well, I, I would say their LGBT identity is really important. I don't know. If, someone, if, if I was part of a particular community and someone was targeting me, I'd probably be wanting to sort of uh, make a, a, a point of that. But then there's this sort of kerfuffle about who's almost going to claim it and who it's like worse for like oh it's the lgbtq community oh and then other people say no no it's all of us in the west which to me feels a bit like i, I don't know I yeah don't but know. then then you get you get into that argument about you know um black lives matter and then no, all lives matter and all that kind of thing which is i don't think i want to get into no, that. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but I just it feels like what he wants is for people to continue talking about him, and what he wants is for people to squabble amongst themselves and turn on each other, mm. and he wants people to be terrified to go out, and he wants people to all just start blaming each other and stuff, mm. and it feels like we give in to that when we start on with like, oh, it's against mm. this community, it's against this blah, 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 blah. But how, how do you feel about, who remembers the Owen Jones incident on Sky News after yeah. this event? Yeah, I was, right. yeah. So Owen Jones is a gay commentator, and he was saying this is an attack on LGBT people and an act of terrorism, and he said this could be both. Uh, but the Sky News presenters continued saying oh no no why do you feel you have ownership and you know this is an attack on uh, people having a good time and he got upset with that because said well I'm a gay person this is why I feel very strongly yeah. about, about this and they wouldn't accept that and he ended up storming off but 
I felt that Owen Jones had a point. I, think I would so. agree, I think actually. Like, why? I would agree. It can be a different thing to different people, though, can't it? Surely. Yeah. I just, I feel like in that sort of situation, the people who are like, no, it's against the West, like, just... Just stop making it worse for the people who are affected by it and stop being dickheads and accept that people are die- have died and it's horrible. It's probably a Venn diagram of people who it's against and it goes and narrows in on itself. It doesn't have to be about you for you to be like, holy shit, that's no, really no, awful. No. Absolutely. Like, does that make sense? Because I don't know yeah. if I've, like, I, I don't no, know if No, no, that does make sense. I was just, just on the back of that Owen Jones incident, um, oh, incident, I don't know. I was reading the um, article in the Independent, which I thought was really good, and it was called, um, it's by uh, Douglas Robertson, and it's called Called the Orlando Shooting What It Was, A Homophobic Hate Crime, Not an Attack on Us All. And his argument um, is basically saying um, that it's, again, a way for normal everyday people who think that they're good people, but maybe have that seed of homophobia or whatever you want to call it where they think you know it's like gay people shouldn't get married or whatever and gay people shouldn't but but they're fine to do what they want but they shouldn't have equal the same rights as me and gay marriage is gonna like erode marriage for the rest of us etc those sorts of people don't want to call it a homophobic attack because that associates it with them maybe and they have a bit of guilt for how they feel and I thought that was a really interesting point and a really interesting um, perspective on it. And I just think, I don't know, it's it's the same thing as trying to say, oh, he's just an evil, evil monster, instead of being like, it's a human. We're all human. And it's that sort of terror, I suppose, that you're like, holy shit, that guy has done this awful thing. And in the tiniest even in the tiniest like least conscious way possible possibly he's thinking the same thing as me and shit like I don't want anything to do with that therefore it's not it's Mm. not that it's terrorism it's something else it's religious blah 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 humans seem to like to rally against the other a big symbol and that could be one person who is classed as evil that could be a group of people yeah and I think that's kind of what we will well, certainly what the media will look for and what a lot of people will look for in the media, a target, someone, a target for the hate, someone we can get our torches and pitchforks out and run towards saying, get out of our village. And that person has to be different from us. Yeah, has to be Because otherwise different. we have to acknowledge that we could do the same thing we as well. And actually, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's terrifying thought. It must have caused quite a lot of cognitive dissonance and amongst that sort of section of society, mm. of who do we hate more, Muslims or gay people? Which side of this weird coin am I going to come down on? <laughs> exactly. That's you the thing. It's, I mean? all, it's all people against people. And, like, without sounding too hippie, oh, we should just love each other. Like, Should we, well, not, was, though, should we not just all... Yeah. There was an excellent example of that dissonance uh, many years ago when they invited uh, Nick Griffin, the leader of the BNP, on to uh, Question Time, right? Question Time. Oh, I remember watching So that. the whole show was dominated by should Nick Griffin, far right-wing politician, be there on that show? But the one question that wasn't about him 
at, the, at that point was about uh, marriage equality. And it was really interesting how when somebody said, do you support marriage equality? And he said, no. Uh, the big ethnically diverse London audience suddenly found themselves split. Agreeing with him. And, and, and agreeing with him. <laughs> and it was really, it was a really genuinely interesting moment to see a lot of people from probably socially conservative ethnic minorities sitting on their hands going, oh, I actually agree with this person I really hate. <laughs> it's that thing of kind of sportifying politics where you have the right-wing team and the left-wing team. Yeah. And yeah, if you're yeah, in yeah. the right-wing team, you've got to agree with all of these right-wing things. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you're in the left-wing team, there's a whole load of left-wing things you're supposed yeah. to agree with. Yeah. And yeah. you're not allowed to go, well, I pick this bit from here and that bit from here yeah. and do my own thing. Yeah. And I do find that very annoying. Yeah. And you're also not allowed to sit in the middle either at the moment. Well, that's actually, I, I think you'll find if you're on the last Tuesday Project Election Manifesto podcast, you are exactly allowed. And you can spend four hours talking about it too. Fucking hell. And the rest. Um, on a tangent regarding the, um, you know, being on one side or another... In my travels across the internet on this subject, I came across a topic on CNN. The gay men turning to the far right in Germany. Oh, I saw that a little while ago as yeah, well. It was basically this, um, a gay couple got beaten up by some... I can't remember what nationality they were, but they were right-wing hom- uh, homophobic Muslims. They were saying that lo- the local administration weren't doing anything for them, so they got in contact with the German far-right party called uh, AFD, which is alternative for Germany. You've just done very well in the elections, haven't they? They have done surprisingly well in the elections, yeah. Um, and yeah, that, because they were actually willing to listen, whereas the other parties through, possibly through fear of being, oh no, 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 we can't, you know, we can't be anti-Muslim, um, won't necessarily talk about it. Like, so an interesting subject was when the AFD first started four years ago, there were 130 people uh, who were AFD members who said that they were um, homosexual or LGBTQ, I guess. Now t- there are 20. So it's dropped uh, quite a lot. But mm-hmm. even so, there is this one... This, this... I think they've, they've shifted their stance on a lot of things, though, haven't they? From what I gather, the AFD have, have, have changed somewhat from their original... Yes. Um, I think a better case study of what you're talking about was the Gate Wielders in the Netherlands, because he was portrayed in the press as this very far right wing figure. Yet his party suggested, no, 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 we're making a muscular defense of Western liberalism and that they welcome gay people into their right wing fold. The the tricky thing with that is that, um, as with many political parties, you get what the party will say and what party members and party followers actually do yeah. have yeah, a habit of being... Because like, when we were reading through the UKIP manifesto, we were reading some really interesting and quite insightful things at times, and yet... They wanted to get rid of lad culture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doing well there, lads. Doing well. Doing well there, UKIP. Farage stands up there with a pint and a... And a Cigar and who's, um, who's leading UKIP this week anyway? <laughs> um, 
no in the idea. future everybody will be leader of UKIP for 15 minutes <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's an ex ex-liberal democrat isn't it who's now the leader of UKIP yeah. really yes yes Oh dear! Have they done the, they they slipped their election under underneath my radar. I've missed that completely. <laughs> what UKIP or, or the Lib Dem? They haven't dug Charles Kennedy up, have they? <laughs> oh, no. oh, that would be a horrible oh, photograph. No. Oh, yeah. Famous politician oh. and corpse. Pickles. Anyway, so just to move on from that discussion, <laughs> well, just to, so the question originally was about this idea of latent homosexuality and homophobia and when we were talking about this question David you were saying about how like that argument is used like in quite a joking way yes yeah so when when I was thinking about this quite often you can be particularly podcasts it happens on I think because you know we're all not professionals Mm -hmm. Um, when talking about this kind of subject speak for yourself (laughs) (laughs) Um, what was I going to say where was I oh yeah talking about this kind of subject uh, someone will just say oh well he was probably uh, he was probably homosexual himself or he's probably gay himself or whatever Mm. and everyone has a good laugh and the conversation then just moves on new topic um because over and done every, yeah haha <laughs> so funny yeah ev- everyone mm. then feels oh well i can't get serious about this because i'll sound really mm. uh, like a bit of a curmudgeon mm. to mm. use a good word so i guess i guess we should probably just quickly say that um it seems to have come out in the days slash weeks maybe after the shooting that people had seen him in the nightclub and that he'd been on Grinder, and that a guy came out saying that he'd slept with him and he'd slept with other people, including a Puerto Rican guy who may he thought may have given him HIV. But also the FBI did an investigation and said yeah. there was no evidence of that So at this all, all came so out. I think it, yes, it's indeed. really mixed, isn't Straight it? away, and people were initially sort of saying, oh, well, it must be, if that's the case, yeah, yeah. it must be that, you know, just talking, it's internalised. Yeah, away from the case, just talking yeah. in general, do we think that this hypothesis is used to truncate conversation about any further analysis of what person's motives might be for homophobia or why that person might have homophobia mm. in their hearts. I think it's an e- it's an e- it's a go-to easy sort of parroted response isn't it I think and if you go if you say um, oh this is X this is an easy answer okay we'll all agree with that we don't need to talk about it anymore it's a tricky subject that makes us feel a bit uneasy yeah. then you can just compartmentalise and move on to the next thing when actually it is pr- definitely a much more subtle and nuanced conversation yeah. that we probably should be having a bit more regularly and a bit more in-depth. Mm. Yeah. And as you noted, uh, that we don't seem to have much research on this. So it says that <laughs> no. we're trotting it out. and we also It's like an accepted norm. Everybody goes, oh, yes, that's the easy go-to argument. But does it seem substantiated? Well, have... Interestingly enough, there is, I saw uh, an article on psychology today, uh, August the 13th, 2016, in the wake of the Orlando shooting, um, <clears throat> about um, is uh, homophobia repressed homosexuality? And they are arguing that it isn't at all. There's no evidence for it. And it doesn't even make any sense. Um 
So they say that their first starting point is that explicit homosexuality is rare in humans, about 1% to 3%. And then they go on to say that um, the idea of homophobia as repression um, uh, doesn't work either way in that if only are a few homophobes are homosexual, then homosexual doesn't really explain um, why you'd be homophobic. But if loads of homophobes are homosexual, then homophobia will be ineffective at persuading those others that you're straight. So it just doesn't make any sense. There's no real evidence for it. And according to this Psychology Day article, which does link to a certain amount of research. Was that a Canadian study, on. was it? Was that the one you were looking at? Yeah. yeah, the 1% to 3%, what I've written down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's really interesting because that study found no evidence and some of the, mm. the counters to the uh, the penile response thing we were talking about earlier what was the people can become aroused just from uh, feeling what's the word uh, threatened okay. uh, yeah. so if you've got homophobic people watching uh, gay erotic material that could be the response you measure yeah, I see. But it's actually because there, there, it's a different type of arousal. Yeah. So the broader point I was going to make was, it's interesting how I think liberal, small L, liberal-minded people sort of go, "Oh well, he's probably closeted homosexual, you know, because he's done this homophobic thing." In any case, not just the case in point, that they're actually guilty of saying something that just patently isn't true. It's sort of I'm bolstering my liberal credentials by going, "Oh well, we're okay with gay people, and gay people should be okay with being gay themselves." But they're trotting out this argument that just the evidence doesn't support it. Just sort of linking into what Russell was just saying there, um, a review that I found. Um, is talking a bit about that word homophobia. P- people don't like using it. And I found a really interesting little bit because it suggests that people are scared. Um, but I found a thing that says, um, this little sentence, and it says, Herrick 2004 has commented that researchers failed to detect fear and anxiety responses when heterosexuals view photographs of men having sex with men. Instead, disgust and anger appears to be central to heterosexual people's negative responses and attitudes to LGB persons. So basically, homophobia doesn't describe what's going on. And instead, the term that seems to be being used um, in papers is homonegativity, which I think Mm-hmm. Is probably a better word because it takes like, like phobias. You think, oh well, people can't do anything about that. It's an irrational fear that you can't do anything about. Mm. Whereas evidence is suggesting that that's not the case. Actually, it's it's not a phobia. People aren't scared. They're disgusted or angered, and that can be changed. And that's not a sort of inherent response. But I thought that that links quite a lot with what Russell was just saying about that study as well and a different type of arousal and things, is that it's not fear, but it may be anger or whatever else that's that could be causing that. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot to be said about words that are used. 
And I found that bit really interesting and not something that I'd ever really thought about before. Mm. I knew that there was some discussion about whether or not the word homophobia is is reasonable, but I thought that put it in a really good way that really made me think, actually, yeah, that's a really daft word that we use because it's mm. not a phobia. Mm. It's yeah, not. it's yeah. But it's interesting because you talk about the disgust response and the disgust response is a very visceral thing. Yeah. In the same way that phobias are. But I suppose disgust responses can be changed because like, we can be disgusted by flavours, but we can train ourselves to yeah. like bees of indeterminate strength or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you saying you don't like the bee? <laughs> well, after, after a year, <laughs> you suddenly reveal you don't like the bee. Oh, dear. Yeah, I was only being polite all this time. <laughs> That glass seems empty. <laughs> oh dear! Yeah. So, uh, do we think that the hypothesis that you know homophobia is uh, a, a driver of hate crimes? Um, well, I suppose that is true. But yeah. uh, do we think think the hypothesis in, in, in question hinders progress of LGBT causes generally? I think that that's probably another mechanism for othering people, maybe. So that sort of, oh, well, you know, it must be him. I'm not like that. So, like, my mild homophobia or whatever is fine. Not me, personally, but, like, in the mind of a <laughs> Daily Mail reader or whatever. You heard it here first. <laughs> well, you know, well, so I maybe think that gay people shouldn't get married, but um, I'm not gay myself, so I'm not going to go mad and, like, kill loads of people in a gay club shooting. Do you know, it's like, it's it's another way to distance yourself from people who are doing or are perpetrating hate crimes. Yeah. Do, do you think people think about it that much, though? No. Probably not, I think no. it's probably innate. I think it's probably just... Well, not innate, but I think it's just... An automatic reaction. I don't reaction. know. Yeah, I think... It's assumed, isn't it, almost? <laughs> yeah. I've just got this feeling that liberal-minded people go to this excuse and then it means that they don't have to think about what might be some of the other drivers. So I, I was looking at the case of uh, Nikki Crane. Did anybody come across this at all? Uh, right, so Nikki Crane was uh, a very violent street fighter, uh, part of the British movement in the 70s, 80s, kind of to the right of the National Front and the neo-Nazis. He was a, a, a sort of a, a violent skinhead figure. Uh, and he was gay. And uh, and kind of led this very double life. So would go out queer bashing, to use a slightly dated phrase. Would go out doing that during the day, and then pick up men at night. Right. And the, the, there's a chap I know who was like part of the skinheads or whatever in that kind of era. And he's in. He has a photograph of a big gang of his friends, about six of them, all male skinheads, and. In a later date, it turned out they were all gay or bi. Interesting. So the reason why that they were there was is kind of young men from a kind of a working class conservative background. They be feeling alone. They needed somewhere to go to, and the skinheads provided that. So they then lapsed into all the culture that came with that at the time. But then the later date when 
the general situation improved for LGBT people, they all then came out. That's quite interesting. There's mm-hmm. there's a Scientific American uh, article that I found um, titled "Homophobes Might Be Hidden Homosexuals," um, which goes kind of against what I was talking about earlier. But it, it links to a bit of research published in the April 2012 issue of the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, which is in, has a snappy title. <laughs> parental, auto- parental autonomy support and discrepancies between implicit and explicit sexual identities, dynamics of self-acceptance and defense. And basically what they're looking at there is how your parents, your support group, reacts to sexuality and um, whether they accept homosexuality will depend on how um, the children will express their own sexuality. So if, for example, and this may not be all that surprising, if your uh, parents aren't very accepting of homosexuals and you are gay, you are less likely to be outwardly admitting of your homosexuality. Mm. So that kind of ties in with what you were saying there. If you, if you, as as we become more accepting as a a group of homosexuality, you will find that more people are coming out and mm. overtly saying yes, this is this is where I am, rather than having the feel feel that they might might have to hide that. And forming communities where people can then feel part of, exactly, instead yeah. of having to yeah, yeah. feel part of a community that they know maybe doesn't fully accept them, but like. Mm-hmm skinhead say but also i'm thinking maybe like religions as well like you could feel at home in the community but you're like god i can't tell them this otherwise like they'll hate me or whatever but for you know the guy right next door to you is exactly the same yeah i just thought there was an interesting parallel between nikki crane and the perpetrator in in the case in point uh, the pulse nightclub the that he he finds somewhere to hide uh, because society's not accepting uh, and that's kind of violent right-wing activity and do we think no maybe it's violent mm, Islamist terrorism is a place to hide yeah for people from those communities do you think that holds water Silence. Oh, it's all very controversial. People are very nervous, aren't they? <laughs> Go on, speak, speak out, just, speak out. Just, it's not just controversial, it's complicated. And actually, yeah. trying to digest it all is quite tricky, isn't it? There's so many little twists and turns on it. It's The mm. more you look into it, the, the more complicated it, it gets. And it's, it's very high on supposition and trying to make educated guesses without... You know, using that kind of instinct, and which is often wrong. Yeah. I guess this guy, and I would go so far as to say, probably a lot of sort of um, American mass shooters will find a cause, but the cause is probably that they are angry about something, and they need to sort of align themselves with something, whether it's a like. Like yeah, the cause guy. is like a fig leaf for their terrible decision to do something awful. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's them sort of their way of rationalizing all of the anger that they have and that they can do something about it and there will be a cause to it and there is a reason to do it and it might be 
fame or it might be ISIS or it might be whatever you, you align yourself with, but you will align... Like, I suspect that kernel of anger is probably there already and consciously or unconsciously they've sort of sought out a cause that will align with that They're probably... having said that I have no freaking idea whatsoever about these things but <laughs> <laughs> I am not an expert in any way shape or form and definitely not a criminal profile right well, none of us are so... none of us are like, we're all sort of basing it on sort of opinion but... and I'm not a mass shooter either so like <laughs> they're, yeah. they're, they're probably angry at something personal and they're finding something public to to attack, to latch on to. Yeah, you've got, you've got to be able to justify that the ends, haven't you? As a, a minor coda to the Nicky Crane story, which is worth reading on the BBC website, uh, is that like come the nineteen nineties, there was a surprising amount of uh, sort of skinheads moved into the gay community, and there's like a, a gay skinhead scene now, which is bizarre, mm-hmm. which didn't exist oh, yeah, before yeah, yeah. that point. Yeah. But you, if you look at the um... If you look at the the way that the skinheads dress and the skinheads present themselves, you know, lots of leather, lots of uh, lots of skinheads. There's a certain subsect of the, the gay community yeah, that's taking that. It's hyper masculine, well. isn't it? Yeah, it is yeah. hyper masculine. Yeah. yeah, and certainly it's like the the rock community as well. Uh, like in uh, when um, Rob Halford from Judas Priest came out, you suddenly go. Oh yeah, that that really makes sense. Lots of leather, lots of spikes, um, and you go, yeah, and that makes sense. Freddie Mercury, that completely makes sense. Mm. Um, but until someone goes, oh yeah, okay, that you know, sometimes it's it's weird where those cultures do cross. Yeah, even though they seem like they're completely opposite. Yeah, sometimes yeah, worlds but apart, actually. Yeah. Like because of that, actually very close in what the Mm-mm. yeah. Alex, you like you're dying to say something. Me, me, <laughs> me. Alex, Alex. maybe. No. Alex. Okay, um, to inject a little bit of, like, is this light humour? I don't know. Inject into some this. light humour into mass shootings. Um, Yay! I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, Good luck, Alex. Gayhomophobe.com. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I recommend that you. It's okay. Go to it now. <laughs> Take a look is at this. Is you set up in this last hour? Um, this is yeah. No, I, I regularly visit this. No, um, this is um, <laughs> this is uh, to do with American members of parliament. Oh yes. Number of days since the last gay prominent homophobe was caught in a gay sex scandal. Two hundred and six as of today. <laughs> <laughs> latest winner, winner, State Senator Ralph Shorty, <laughs> March 16, 2017, charged with three felonies for soliciting a teenage male prostitute, resigned after being suspended. And there's a huge list going back to 2004 of different <laughs> people that um, were active uh, in Parliament voting against uh, gay rights and either were caught or came out so various different situations. I'm just looking to see how many of them are Republican and Conservative. Almost all of them. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I, th- I, I like think... the Rainbow Stars by the people who came out. Honestly, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. I like the one that says um, "came out voluntarily, now adv- advocating XX gay." Mm. What? XX so, gay. Oh, that's exciting. X-gay. 
Okay. XX gay people who who people who say they're X gay oh, and then right. have gone oh, actually oh, X gay right. really yeah. yeah. Going back to yeah. X gay. XX gays is really interesting. There's a whole website devoted to that. People who were part of the X gay movement who've then oh, no, uh, no, no. repented and left. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's really interesting because they know sort of the damage they were guilty of. You're trying to convert people, mm. and I mean it's. It's kind of sad, but it's really interesting. Yeah. I've never heard of that as a movement. Like, I've no of like the gay conversion therapy and stuff, but I've never heard of that as a thing. I was like, what's that? We've talked about that before on this, haven't we? Yeah. Gay conversion therapy. How humble I think we have briefly, very yeah, briefly touched terrible. on it. So, just quickly, um, the papers that I happened upon, mm-hmm. I looked up internalized homonegativity and sort of. Um, the adverse effects of that, having found that as a term. And there's some studies that are looking into it, and there's actually a review of studies, which is saying basically um, that it's an area which is getting more and more research devoted to it in various different life categories, if you will, but most of it is about psychological. And some of the papers that I just had a quick glance at a few of them are looking at um, condom use and risk-taking behaviour around HIV. And um, it seems in these papers that there is a correlation between people who have who are gay but have uh, high levels of internalised homonegativity and taking risks, so not using condoms, and potentially exposing themselves to HIV. And I thought that was really interesting um, as a sort of... a sort of violence against yourself, I suppose. Like, a sort of way of... Or whether it's, like, like the reasons behind it. And I don't think there's enough research to suggest what the research is, is but whether it's um, part mm. of, sort of self-hatred or if it's literally just that you don't have condoms with you because in your head you're not gay and you don't, like, want to acknowledge that so therefore you wouldn't be prepared or whatever. But I thought that was quite... Um, a fascinating subject and one that people seem to be taking seriously in the literature and seem to be really yeah. researching from sort of a public health perspective yeah. and, um, and entirely anecdotally sort of my experience is that people who are in the closet tend to they do engage in riskier behaviours and it's often because uh, they won't engage in uh, sexual health efforts you know, they, won't, they won't engage in sexual health education they're less likely to know their HIV status and they're less likely to know about the causes of transmission of HIV and that kind of thing. So because because they're ignorant and uh, of of kind of what would be sensible behaviour, they then when they go to act on their kind of you know urge to seek safe sex company, yeah. that they, they they kind of just massively at risk of, of risky behaviours. Interesting. So there's a few papers that seem to suggest that and a few other bits and pieces as well. And I think it's an emerging area and I think it's probably really important. And um, I think it's also important as well. Let me see if I can just find this bit, which is um, 
Okay, so a definition of internalised homonegativity is that it refers to a process whereby lesbian, gay and bisexual persons internalise societal messages towards gender and sex, often unconsciously, as part of their self-image. And this paper says, basically, it is really important to realise that society has a massive effect on this. So it's not just one person who is sort of wrong in the way that they're thinking about themselves or their self-image. It is from the constant bombardment of all the factors telling you that either you're wrong or you're evil or you're um, not as important as same-sex um, as normal, normal couples. I'm saying that in... <laughs> <laughs> air quotes. Air quotes. Air quotes work really badly on the radio. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so all of that is awful, basically, is like yeah. is external society. But um, some of the papers, and I think some of sort of what people have been thinking and been sort of treating people who have this is that it's down to them, and it's down to how they feel about themselves. But actually, it is this whole massive wider thing that's going into it so it's not just an individual problem if you will it is a massive wide society problem which is getting better but trump (laughs) exists well i think this says something about the power of coming out isn't it that if we're accepting of people they come out and they're much less at risk of this internalized heteronegativity and so on um, but obviously not everybody finds it easy to come out and no. is in circumstances where it's even possible in some in some cases Yeah. so do you think we can sum up at this point, do you think it's a logical point to sum up? I think so Yeah. yeah. so are we agreed that there doesn't seem to be much research but that that there is doesn't support the hypothesis that you know, people who do hate crimes are closeted. I think that's a fair, yeah. um, fair assessment, isn't I it? I mean, people who do hate crimes against black people aren't secretly black. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's probably like a weird way to put it. But um, I think a hate crime is a hate crime and the mechanism behind it is probably this is probably very similar yeah it's just whatever it is that it's targeted at I mean one parallel I did draw was you know people talk about black on black crime and when a person of a you know, African-American community attacks somebody from an African-American community uh, people go oh well, it's black on black crime and further conversation can stop at that point because we can just say, well, it's, it's their affair. Yeah. And I think there's a parallel here. So say, oh, well, that person must be in the closet. They've done yep. this hate crime. Yeah. Oh, well, that's their affair, isn't it? But in actual fact, there's so many other things that are going on with that. Mm-hmm. Poverty, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. That we can't, we're, we're happy to sweep under the rug and pretend that it doesn't exist, but it's really a shame that we don't tackle these things head on. Yeah. Well, that's been quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Not the most hubris of subjects we could have chosen. <laughs> not, not our cheeriest <laughs> episode, I guess to say. And as always, our answer has been... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you wishing you went for question one now? Jeez. 
Jesus. Well, at least we would have had a definite kind of answer either way on that. But uh, no, we can, we can, that's no, good. This is what it's not about. It's about going good. outside your comfort zone and what you can it research is, absolutely. and find yeah. it and just digging deeper than we have. That's what I liked about this question was it would push us all a bit to talk mm-hmm. about things we maybe be a bit shy about talking about. Yeah. Uh, so I think we've all done really well. We've actually had a listener question in as well, um, which we received it and all went... Oh yeah, Ooh. that was a while. Not sure about that. Yeah. But I'm actually really keen to tackle it and get round to it at some point mm. because I think it's there's there's some really juicy stuff in there. Um, so it's on the list. <laughs> they're not a Patreon supporters, so they're not going to get priority. You can join the queue. I'm kind of I'm looking forward to tackling it actually because. It's the one where somebody says, um, how come sceptics don't acknowledge that transgender isn't real and um, there's no science behind it? Yes. Oh. Yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm quite keen to tackle that, actually. That's a lot to unpack in. I'm, I'm, I'm ill that day. I'm definitely ill that day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, w- I would be... I would warn you in the trans issues of very there are political minefields and even if you make a small error that offends a tiny corner of that community you will have hell to pay oh yeah absolutely absolutely. there's no way to win really I don't think on on that because you are going to offend someone yeah because I think debating LGB issues I think people are like on slightly firmer ground but mm. trans issues are so complex and multifaceted and I'd be keen to look at evidence though, and I also really wanted to um, address the sceptical community stance on things as a whole and where we stand mm. on it the sceptical community stance is that another case of everyone having, having to have the same stance on exactly the thing that. It is. Yeah. exactly yeah. that the power stance it, it is um, hands on hips legs just slightly <laughs> <laughs> with a, a tile on the floor that says and transgender and... issues <laughs> adopt sceptical points <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> We're all miming. We're miming in an audio format. This is very bad. Every single time there is at least one of them. We do, yeah. Like Lots of visual jokes. Some of yeah. us just something visually. Every and we that isn't even a running joke that we do on purpose. We just literally do that every single time because over a year in now, and we haven't realised that it's right. audio. Yeah. It's a good job we don't do it live. Like. That's one thing we haven't mentioned. Uh, we've just had our first birthday. As yeah. a pod- podcast, oh. yeah, and he celebrated with beef burgers. <laughs> Tinned beef burgers, thank Tinned you. Beef burgers. <laughs> I mechanically reclaimed the beef myself. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to ask how you did that. <laughs> well, happy birthday, old news podcast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank, thank you very much. Yeah. It was one of our listeners who contacted me and he said, Oh, it's your first birthday. You've just released a new episode, but you didn't mention it. It's like, Oh, yeah, well spotted. Oh, I, we had no clue. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we don't care. It's been a year already. <laughs> was it Stephen Douglas? No, it wasn't actually, bizarrely, because no. he's the only 
<laughs> Listen, we really have any contact with? You know yeah. someone else, wasn't it? Yeah, it was uh, Raj. Yeah. I bumped into him the other day, and we're like, we must go for a pint, so come along for a pint. Is. Oh, that'd be fab. Yeah. Or several. Yeah. I see, all the Northern podcasters get Northern. together. We keep talking about having a last Tuesday project conference, which is basically just us sat in a pub. Yeah. <laughs> I keep talking about that anyway. <laughs> Like the smallest conference in the world. I am up for it. <laughs> Three of us in a pub. Maybe with like Kimmy and Daniel Potts and he'd come and And every up. now and again, yeah, they just wander in up to the bar and then piss off after <laughs> 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be bad with, you know, to see Alex sat in the chair and Sean making a speech <laughs> to the conference and uh, Hades bugging off to the toilet so there's nobody to listen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mad. <laughs> well, I think that was fun, though. It was too. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, that was, it was fun. definitely the most difficult research that we've done. Why? Yeah. Just because far, I didn't have a clue where, to, where to start. Did you expect anything other? I now um, have to work out how to make this not sound awkward. Uh, good luck with that. <laughs> good luck finding an icon for it as well. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Just the aubergine emoji. <laughs> 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 oh dear we'll have to have some form of artwork masher maybe mm. yeah that's yeah. true actually yeah that's something which you guys really beat us hands down in terms of visual presentation and so on alex does alex. Alex. <laughs> it was your idea, though. Alex it was your does. idea. I just executed it. Um, I just, you know, it was it was a collaborative effort, and then I spend like five minutes a month just picking a picture. I'll <laughs> do. Will this do? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think it's bedtime. Right. Right, you guys. It is bedtime. Time to, time yeah. to go. I'm afraid. Yeah. Yes. Right. We well, shall see you later. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye. And that is us done yet again for another month. Thank you very much for listening to us this month. And thank you so much to the old news boys. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, David, for joining us on this particular episode. It was an excellent one. We had a fantastic fun. And thank you to all you old news listeners for staying the course, because I know that Russell and David are normally far more succinct than we are on this podcast. So thank you very much for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. Our email address is podcast at lasttuesdayproject.com or if you feel fancy, anything you bloody well like at lasttuesdayproject.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at lasttuesdayproj. That's lasttuesdayproj. You can go to our website, www.lasttuesdayproject.com. You could even give us money if you want to. Please do. We would love you to give us a little bit of cash just to contribute to our hosting. You can go to patreon.com forward slash last Tuesday project our personal addresses are as follows I am at Alex J Brown Haley is at Tuesday Wildfire and Sean is at the whole tooth with two zeros for those O's at the end and if you want to get in contact with the old news podcast they're on Twitter as well at old news pod we will be back on 12th of December 2017 with episode 17a which will be our extra episode with outtakes from this plus a little bit more besides and we'll be back properly episode 18 on tuesday the 26th of december boxing day in the uk so we'll catch up with you at christmas hope everything's okay hope the christmas shopping's going okay as well take care of yourselves speak to you later bye
So do I? Do we need to do a little introduction thing? You yes, do. That's right. Like a proper yes. official one. Okay. I think this is me. Right. Yeah. Right. You're better at this sort of stuff. Hello <laughs> and welcome back to Loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said oh, hello. So easy. Right, should we just stop looking at them? You've got someone in the room as well. Like, oh, that's awkward, isn't it? Jab you in the ribs. Right. <clears throat> <laughs> hello. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, professionalism. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Hi. Um, hello. Welcome back to us. <laughs> this. Right here gold. is fried gold. <laughs> Absolute gold. fried gold. <laughs> this is oh, this is yeah. audio it's, gold. It's the word hello. It just sounds so ridiculous. Right. Okay. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Welcome back to last Tuesday's hello. news, which I know is a very confusing title, but never mind. <laughs> uh, from the last Tuesday project, we have Sean the Unshorn, Haley the Foulmouth. Hello. David the Young Fed.